Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dream Attraction Podcast. And it's October. I love <laughs> that it's October. Guys, we have three months left in the year. So if you have any New Year's resolutions that you haven't done yet, you've got time. Three more months until 2024, if you can freaking believe that. 2024 that sounds like futuristic af but you know i i kind of like the end of the year like it's the year's kind of winding down you're kind of reflecting on your year and you know like i was saying like you know do those goals get out there and protect your energy you know don't be letting negative well, energy right and speaking of goals since you since you just mentioned it i think i'm going to share something that i have recently like like been doing like it's something new um and I feel like so far I've been like because you guys know like everybody gets into that you know that headspace of like you know feeling kind of like low vibes like you know you feel like maybe you're not being as productive or accomplishing what you want like what you wish you wanted to or whatever it's not on your own personal you know timeline and so people kind of get like down in the dumps and you know I was I've been one of those people for the past few months I just kind of not been in the greatest headspace um and so I've recently been doing these like like almost kind of like a new routine with myself like in the way that um makes me motivated um because i i watched this one um person on youtube and she's a great like motivational like i would say like almost kind of like an influencer but she inspires a lot like she helps a lot um so i was just kind of been taking some tips from her because she is a successful like you know person that has a lot of businesses and whatnot um and so what I've been doing every day, and I, I feel like I should encourage everybody to do this because I feel like it genuinely has really been helping me. But every day, um, whether I try to do it in the morning, um, because that's when I feel like the most um, motivated, I think. But I do a few things. But the one thing I want to share for sure is that every day I'm writing down my top 10 goals top 10 goals every day um i'm doing it um on a legal pad like a smaller legal pad um you could do it in a journal you can do it like just on a piece of like loose leaf paper whatever you have that you like can look back on um and what i'm doing is i'm not looking back at those goals when i write the new ones each day so because i feel like your goals can change like the wind you kind of mm. have certain goals and you can accomplish them or maybe your mind changes and you realize that's not necessarily a goal that you're worried about anymore. So I feel like your goals can change as the days go on, you know, past. So I write down my top 10 goals every day. And some are like things that it's almost like I need to get done, like to do list. Um, but some of them are like long-term goals too. And I write it down every single day. For example, I'll give you one because this is, I would say, a more long-term goal. And that's, you know, to get a baby blue sport Ford Bronco. 
Oh. Okay. 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 So, right. So specific, you know, like right. I'm writing that down ever, since I started, and I made like I was thinking about this like the like late September, like the last week or so of September, but you know, getting into those routines and habits, it's kind of hard to start up because it's something that you're not used to. So it's like, oh, I want to do that, but I'm not, like, I haven't got there yet. Like, I'm just, like, trying to think of what I need to do. Right. So what I do to set myself up, yeah, and what I do to set myself up, I always like to have coffee in the morning. You guys know us. We love our coffee. So I feel like that is how I just have to start out my morning is with a cup of coffee. And, um, what I'm doing right now is I, you guys know, I love a good smelling candle. I love a candle that just really just makes you feel like just feels good. And you love the smell of it. It makes your, you know, your house smell good. It kind of just sets the vibe for your morning, evening, any time of the day. So what I have, I have, um, I get some of my candles from this, it's from this magic candle company, because you guys know we're huge Disney fans, so I like to have a little taste of Disney in my home, and so right now I've had it lit all morning, and it is um, the Polynesian candle from um, this magic candle company I've been buying from for years, and it I that's my morning candle right now so I light that and it's supposed to kind of it's so it's supposed to smell like the Polynesian Resort in Disney World oh isn't there one that smells like Pirates of the Caribbean that you were showing me yeah everybody loves that smell in Pirates of the Caribbean you know what I'm talking about (laughs) yeah no I think there is one I think it's called like Pirate's Life or something I don't I don't know exactly but I do like I also have another one and it's called Castaway Cruise like it's supposed to smell like the castaway cruise ship but anyways Mm. so that's like my morning candle right now and then my evening candle is either so my candles for the evening since it's spooky season i have either from bath and body words i have either girlfriend or i have vampire blood um my vampire blood one is a three wick and i have it in this big like skull that's from target and um it's just like the vibes i love it it makes me feel like it's like a nice like wind down so either one of those i'll do at night or like kind of early evening time because i like that i want to have a candle for morning like midday and then nighttime i love and that so like either yeah so either one of the um halloween candles i'll do for like the midday like evening time and I do the Polynesian one in the morning. It just really sets my day up. Like doing that, my coffee, my candle. Self-care. Um, writing writing my goals. Well, because from like this, um, so I heard this quote and it's, you know, the the carriage, you know, the horse is pulling the carriage, right? And the carriage isn't going to go anywhere if the horse isn't pulling it, Right. So the horse is the momentum and the carriage is the motivation. And you got to make sure that horse is fed and watered and strong. And we are the horse. Right. So I don't know if that's what it means, but you know, 
Well, you need the horse in order to pull the carriage, so you need a momentum. And so creating that momentum, it for me, is lighting the candle. You know, having my coffee, writing my top 10 goals, because that's where the momentum starts. And it makes me get somewhere into feeling like I'm being productive and getting somewhere with my goals. And so that's how the carriage is going to get somewhere. And that's where the motivation happens. I do you love know, that that's quote. Where, I love that. Yeah. Like, you know, people will say like, and with goals, I feel like it's okay to write down things that are unrealistic at this moment because you never know where you're going to be. And I feel like I hate that shit where it's like, make you know, write down smart goals it's like okay like smart goals are considered like like if you literally like google search it it's something like um something that's realistic obtainable no blah 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 because you never know what's going to happen in life you never know where opportunities are going to come you know so write down things that you believe that you know right so it it's almost like for me and i feel like i'm almost kind of living proof of this and you are too because we both are here in San Diego. And I feel like for me, it was so like, if you were to have told me like a year before I actually moved to San Diego, that like writing down a goal or thinking like moving to San Diego was my goal, it was so unrealistic. But the fact that I made it a goal and it it actually happened, even though it really wasn't like, something that I was able to do when I started thinking about it so I feel like you can't say shit about that because it's like you know like for me at that time it was COVID I was working a part-time job like I and I also was collecting unemployment before that because I you know with um, COVID you know we were all out of most of us were out of jobs so I was collecting unemployment in San Diego, I still was like, I want to move there. And it's like writing down a smart goal, like, you know. That wouldn't have been considered a smart, quote unquote, smart goal at the time for you. And I love that you're doing those goal setting things because I've been kind of doing it. And I love that you said the thing about the car too, because I've been trying to upgrade my car to a hybrid car because gas is really expensive these days. And I think electrical mm-hmm. is kind of the way of the future. But Getting into goals, I think this really coincides perfectly with our guests we have on this week. Mm -hmm. We have on DJ Holy Sparkles, who just performed at San Diego Pride a couple of months ago. And we talked to him about his journey to getting to where he is today and a lot about what you were just saying about how, you know, his goals or what he wanted to do just kind of came out of nowhere. We thought that was so crazy. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this interview. So we're bringing him on right now for you. All right, guys, please welcome to the show, San Diego DJ, Holy Sparkles. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. And I just want to get into your DJing career because I feel like you were just taking off right now. Like you just had a massive article written about you for San Diego Magazine, right? Yeah, it was. uh, I was featured in SD Voyager. SD Voyager. Nice. Yeah. And that I mean, that puts a huge spotlight on you, you know, for like bookings and everything. But I want to start from the beginning. So where does your love for music start? Uh, So uh. The fondest memory of like why I love music 
um, kind of goes back to like when I was a kid. And um, I mean, growing up in the 90s, we had Aqua, Eiffel 65, Darude, like all of the classics and that really like really started me at a young age and then rediscovering it when I was like 18 when Cash Cash came out with a couple of songs, Zed came onto the scene. Um, a lot of those like music influences has definitely been the reason why I have found my own love for music. Yeah. So did you play any like instruments in high school or like choir or anything? Or did you kind of like just listen to music like for a lot of like your childhood? So uh, there for a while I was doing uh, drums and piano um that has since gone away but uh that was kind of like <laughs> <laughs> if you don't use it you lose it uh, right <laughs> but um most definitely like I tried getting into actually playing instruments um but it wasn't until like I saw social media DJs and like seeing them out at the clubs that I actually like found what I am really passionate for and that's kind of just like curating the mood or the vibe at like any given um event or festival anything like that I feel like social media has really put a spotlight on DJs because it's yes. something you didn't really hear much about when we were growing up like I mean they were there of course like at the club at weddings and stuff but it wasn't so like big as it is now, but then when the social media started to rise, you saw these like videos and like you saw that like, this is something you can actually do and make money for as a career, you know? And yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, so when did you actually like get into DJing? Like when did your DJing career begin? Like how did that all start? So um, like I said, like going out to nightclubs and stuff like that. Um, I was underage at the time. Uh, getting into like the local clubs in St. Louis and like, stuff like that. I was that. like, as we all are. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Right? Right? Everybody does it, right? <laughs> um, but once I like started getting actually into the workforce, like 18, 19, um, I went to like the nightclub, the LGBT nightclub in St. Louis that I had been frequenting. It was called uh, Attitudes Nightclub. Um, and... I literally went up to the manager and I was like, hey, I'm looking for a second job. Do you guys have any positions open? And it took them a while uh, to get back to me and just because it was it was a Friday night. Like I just popped that question out of nowhere. Um, I got to know the staff. So it was a little bit um, a little bit personal, you know, because I was like, let me see if I can use my connections. They get back to me in like two hours and they were oh like, God. <laughs> we, yeah, I mean, it was busy. It was busy. So I understood. That's crazy. But I was like, okay, when are they going to get back to me? They get back to me in two hours and they literally, the only thing that came out of their mouth was, yeah, we would like some DJs in the rotation. And I'm over here, I'm like, I don't have any equipment. I've never mixed anything in my life. And I was like, okay, do you have anybody that could teach me? Because like the equipment 
it's money. Like we can, we can work that out. But they got me with uh, Charlie Buttons, who was like my one time DJ mentor. I had one mixing session with him. And then since then has just been me practicing, like me honing my own skills, finding what music is very like melodically um, cohesive in a way. Um, so I've kind of just been learning from other DJs. Like, uh, I don't know if you know, but he's like huge in the scene, has been for a while, James Hype. That is one DJ that like you definitely have to learn from them because they are beyond what is currently like the standard right now. Totally. So, I mean, they just kind of mm -hmm. like threw you out there. They were like, okay, well, yeah, you want to do this? Uh, here, you could be a DJ. And you're just like, exactly. oh, okay. Wasn't expecting exactly. it to happen that fast. I'm like, it's, <laughs> it's almost like a passion that you didn't even know that you had. And it's just kind of like, it was literally thrown into your like path. And you're like, okay, like this is how I'm going to make some extra money. And then it's like, well, actually, I enjoy this. Like, I yeah. want to pursue this, you know, that's kind of cool, actually. It yeah, is cool. I've never heard I've never heard anyone doing like having something that they're passionate about come to them in a way like that. That's yeah. cool. I it it kind of stunned me as well because I was like at that time, I was like, I love EDM, I love electronic dance music. Like this is this is something I can definitely like see myself getting into and like going to like underground events and renegade events in St. Louis, like. I was all about like the culture. I just never saw myself like up there being the one doing everything. Right. And right. For them to come back and just be like, yeah, we could use some DJs. I was like, just so nonchalant. Okay. <laughs> like, like unexpected, but okay. Like, but here's yeah. the thing is you took the opportunity, you <laughs> ran with it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like some people, when they get something like that, they might get intimidated and they might back off like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's going to be too much or anything, but you were like, okay, I have this opportunity. How can I make the most of it? Like, I need to learn how to do this. I need to get the equipment somehow. And that's what I think is the most inspiring thing is that it was thrust into your path. Like we were saying, but you took that opportunity and you capitalized on it. And that's, what's most important. And here you are right now, you know, all the things you've yeah. done in your career, you know, since then. So I know that, DJing is a passion, but you're also in the Navy yes. and you where your career was doing really well. And then you got deployed for like, was it nine months or so? So how was that being away from DJing for all those months? So um, I'll admit the first deployment, I actually took quite a bit of my gear with me on the ship um, so that I could like still practice and um record stuff while I'm out at sea and then in between like us stopping every like month or so um I would just upload it I would just upload it to Mixcloud or SoundCloud and that would be like my little bit to stay relevant long enough to reach the end of deployment um but this last deployment I just got back in June um, I didn't take anything because I was like, yeah, we're going to be really busy. Um, but I was just like, also, I have thousands of dollars of equipment and I don't really feel like taking that on a warship again. 
Um, however, the way that I kind of circumvented that was that um, the week, week and a half before I was supposed to leave, I recorded like four or five mixes, like just nonstop. Um, and each one of them was anywhere from like 45 minutes to an hour. I had them set up on SoundCloud so that they would release on their own while I'm gone. So that way I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about like, okay, when do I get to do this upload? Where do I need to get Wi-Fi in this foreign country? Um, so it's like, yes, I miss DJing and like getting back into it after being gone for like seven, eight months. It It's tough to get back into because now you have to like look at all of the top 40 that's been hitting the net the net for the past half of the year so it's just like now i have to upgrade my music collection i have to find new remixes so it it really just feels like a time lapse or like a time jump right um, for that portion at least um but it's like a bike once you uh once you learn it you never forget Exactly. So and it kind of makes it kind of makes it exciting too, because like you've been out of the game for, you know, some months and then you come back and you're like, OK, like what's new, what's trending? Like yep. it almost like reignites that passion because everything's new. You know, it's like when you like open all your presents and stuff and you have all this new stuff, you know, you just have that like exciting that passion. But I love that you scheduled your content when you're away at sea because that's that's so awesome. That's what we do, too. You know, if you're going to be away on vacation or something, we just have like a double recording day where we just like, you know, grind out two episodes and then like schedule it. That way you can have that time. And it, you know, I'm sure you miss it, but it must have been nice to have that kind of time away as well to kind of just kind of reset. You know, I mean, you're still working and stuff, but, you know, sometimes it's good to like step away. And like I was saying, it reignites that passion. You know, you come back like hungrier than you were before. Well, and you know? also like while I was gone, like, TikTok has become quite a um, subset of like our society now, um, like social media in general. Yes. But like TikTok, any sounds that go viral on TikTok usually end up on top 40 now. So it's just like there were a lot of TikTok trends that I didn't quite like on deployment see. So there was a lot of like backtracking that I have to do. Like, okay, what was trend? What was the most trending video this time? What was the sound with it? Does it have a remix? Like, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Ex yeah. TikTok is taking over our society, but in a good way, because it's a it's a nice <laughs> tool for people to use to express their creativity, you know? Exactly. So, and speaking of coming back with a bang, you did come back with a bang when you came back from deployment because the first event, if I'm not mistaken, you did was San Diego Pride in nice. July. So how did that come about? That's awesome. Uh, so um, I had a little bit of a tip off from a friend prior to um, going out to sea. Um, I left in November, but I put my application in for Pride uh, sometime September or October beforehand. Um, and I basically every two weeks we would pull into a port and I'd be like constantly checking my email 
constantly like hitting up my connections, seeing what's going on, seeing if they've like finalized the artists. Um, and all throughout this process, like my superiors in the Navy, like I kept them in the loop about it because like with the Navy, like anything can happen, right? So like a ship can be um, delayed on its re-entry into our waters. It can also be like extended on deployment. So there's a lot of like extra things that I had to like not freak out over because everything hinged on me getting back home on time. Yeah. So, um, but the actual performance itself, um, like I, there was no feeling like it. Um, it was my first time doing San Diego pride. I've done other cities prides, but for some reason, this one came with a lot more of a spotlight. Um, like I've already done like interviews, like we said about with uh, SD Voyager. I've had um, a couple of like local artists and local designers like sponsor things for me. Um, like Osias Toro, he's a local designer for San Diego. Um, and it's more on the like boho fashion, um, has like, stuff that you can wear to the office, but also stuff that you can wear out on a Saturday night. Um, he's the one that designed my actual outfit and just like the um, production value of San Diego Pride was ridiculous compared to any other that I've been to. Um, and the night of the outpour and support, I just like throughout the whole performance, I was just like, I'm actually doing this. I'm actually doing this. And then at the end, like more towards the end of my set, I like start getting in my feels. I played DMX <laughs> and Lincoln Park. Um, and like the very okay. last one, I played Darude Sandstorm, a remix of that. So it was very much like a very eclectic um, set of music that you wouldn't normally, you know, hear at Pride. Like I... Um, I generally did not want to play all the pride bangers that you've been pushed in your face all weekend. Um, I took the chance. I was like, let me play stuff co completely left field, completely left field. And everybody absolutely loved it. Um, my Instagram still blows up with people that now follow me because of that performance where they're like, I really need to see you like play again because it it wasn't just um it wasn't just the music but also like I brought the energy you can you can literally go to my Instagram and find videos of me just like shuffling out with the crowd like on top of the stage and I I ended up crying after the set and it was just like so much support I felt so loved and so like validated in that moment. Um, Cause it, it just, I've had it to where I've played for like five or 600 people, but it's all about like the people and how they show support. Like if you're, if you're vibing, like go up to the stage and like, make sure they know you're there and you're dancing with them. Like you're enjoying this moment with them.
Yeah. You're like uh, hyping up the crowd, you know, and you want to exactly. you want to know that they're like vibing with your music. And I love that you did something a little bit different because I think that people and promoters probably appreciate that because they're like, OK, this guy isn't like everybody else. You know, everybody might have been playing like the Pride hits or whatever for Pride weekend. Then you come out there and you play something different. And then the promoters are probably like whoever's booking. They're like, wait, hold on. This is a bit unique. And I like this. And the crowd appreciates that. You know, because yeah. when you hear the same music, I'm sure all day you're like, OK, like I'm vibing, but like I just heard this all day, you know, so it's nice that you brought that and you took that risk because the risk a lot of times pays off because you're being different, you're being versatile and unique, you know? Yeah. I, and like I stayed around my stage that I performed at. It was the Euphoria stage. I stayed there like just about all day before my performance because I wanted to get like a take on like what other people are playing um and I heard a lot of like you know Rush I think that's by Troy Sivan mm-hmm. um I heard a lot of Padam Padam I heard a lot of Beyonce um you know all the typical queens Britney Spears Selena Gomez all of those I I was just like let me provide something that is the unexpected. And that's kind of what I always aim for. And everybody's different, right? Like not everybody that comes to pride necessarily wants to hear just, you know, Britney Spears and Beyonce. Like there's a large portion of people that I'm sure like, where's like the rock music, you know, where's like the alternative, like that's what they're looking for. And you provided that experience for them And I'm sure that that made it even more special for them because they're like, oh, like someone's playing like the music that I like, you know, because people can sometimes stereotype gay people like, oh, if you're gay, you must like Britney Spears or Beyonce. And while there's nothing wrong with that, there is a large portion like you can't put gay people in a box like just because you're gay, you like this sort of thing, you know. So I actually really, really love that you went out of the box and did that and different. I'm sure that it's going to get you booked on much more shows to come in the future. Um, what is your favorite thing about being a DJ, though? Um, I would have to say uh, performing. Like the the whole, like I said, with San Diego Pride, like the production value, like you get to see some really cool like lighting setups and stage setups um and just the feeling of performing in front of x amount of people um whether it just be like one person vibing with you or like thousands of people like singing along with your song like it it just it really gives you that like adrenaline and like goosebumps feeling um and that's like one of my favorite things it's just like being able to connect with people through something that I'm passionate about. Well, exactly. It's like a, it's a whole production, you know, like the music is only part of it, but it's also like, you know, the outfits it's, you know, the lights, all of the extra stuff that you add that really make, get people going, you know, even if the song you're not necessarily vibing with it, it's not your style. If like there's cool lights and like there's smoke or something, you're just like, Oh, this is like, awesome like i'm actually vibing more with this because of the production and i found myself like when i go to like concerts or events if there's like a core memory that matches up with the song 
I'm going to download it, even if it might not be my certain style of music that I usually listen to. If it's like something that I really remember, like I remember Lenny and I were in Vegas one time and there was a song that was playing during like the Vegas like water show. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like like footprints by Tiesto. <laughs> and like usually, I mean, that's not not like that's not my style of music. Like it kind of is in a sense, but it's not about the song. It's about the production that went with the song and that memory that yeah. matches up with that song. And I feel like when you're a DJ, you can really create that experience for someone. Like I'm sure that someone heard a song that you played at San Diego Pride and they downloaded it on their playlist, not only for the song, but because of the production that you put on with the song. That's half the battle right there. The music is only half of it in, in my eyes. Like I like all that production stuff, all the lights, all the fancy stuff though. So, you know, um, so what are some changes that you could, that you could see or want to see in the industry because DJing, as we were saying, not like it's a new sort of thing, but it's constantly evolving. And so what would you want to see incorporated into it in the future? Um, so uh, I do actually attend quite a few festivals as just, um, you know, a festival goer. Um, and I really feel like uh, productions like EDC and Electric Forest and, um, you know, Hard Summer, Ultra Miami, I feel like a lot of those, yes, they bring like the big names that everybody wants to see. But I really feel like the um, I don't want to say underground scene, but like the people that are less known, I feel like those companies could give people more of a stage to stand on. Like they could definitely give them a bigger platform to be able to reach people that wouldn't necessarily hear them otherwise. Um, and I really feel that's important because like, you know, you never know when Tiesto's going to like stop making music you never know when james hype is going to get out of the game like we never know when these people are going to either choose to leave the scene choose to stop making music or i mean god forbid like die like we right. have no clue so it's just fostering that that um new generation of djs and i feel like that's super important like i've done festivals where um, you know, someone that has like 30 followers on a accumulative social media and they get like two hours for a set and they're they they kill it like they're really good. But again, social media, like without it, you you really go unnoticed half the time. Exactly. So I really feel like those companies and those festivals, they could do it. They could really do that. Yeah, totally. I feel like sometimes people just need a chance, you know, like exactly. if you're not, if you don't have money, if you don't have the connections, sometimes all you just need is that one opportunity to knock it out of the park. And maybe some festivals start incorporating that, you know, like here are your established DJs, you know, Tiesto, all those people you were saying, and then let's bring in like a new crop, like a new generation and give them that opportunity. Somebody with 30 followers and see either it's like sink or swim for them you know, you either hit a home run or you hit a ground ball and you get out at first base. You know what I'm saying? Like you at least have that opportunity to step up to the plate and what you do with that opportunity is up to you, but at least you have that. And that's given, it could almost be like, almost like a show, 
like maybe a show could produce that you know we have like exactly american idol or we have um dancing with the stars like maybe something new spotlight and showcase next generation of djs i feel like that could be something that you know somebody could even do so i love that i think that given this new era of social media i think something like that could easily be produced for sure you know so one question we like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast is what is one dream or goal that you have and how do you plan on achieving it? Let's do a little manifesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've actually been manifesting this for a while. Um, and uh, I told, I told my mom who's supposed to go to escape Halloween with me in like three or four weeks. Um, I told her to give me five years five years and I am aiming to either perform or be working at something like EDC or ultra Miami. I want to be on that stage. Yeah. I want to be there. I think that it's kind of like, that's the dream or goal, like that end game for DJs, right? Like if you're not, if you don't have in mind that you're going to perform at like one of those big events, then it's almost like not like why are you getting into it but like because some people just do it for fun but if you want to be on that take it to the next level i think that those are the stages that you're going to strive for you know and and you're doing amazing i mean doing san diego pride and like the you know media that they did for you there and all the reels you were posting and just keeping grinding out i think that if you do put in the hard work then i think that the reward will eventually come you know not necessarily like in the way you might not be expecting or when you're expecting, but I think in some way it always comes back if you put in the hard work. Yeah. And a lot of it, uh, a lot of it has to do with like doing events. And then while you're at those events, also like social networking with other people, because it, it's an industry where it really doesn't matter how good you are unless you know the people that can book you mm -hmm. because like, mm -hmm. yes, you can be good, but if people aren't like friendly enough with you or have listened to anything of yours, like they're not going to book you. Right. Exactly. So, One thing I was wondering too, is how did you come up with your name? Holy sparkles. How did that come about with a Z too? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, um, when I first started, my name was DJ Haunter, like the Pokemon. Okay. Um, but, but my real name is Hunt Hunter. So mm -hmm. when I would go out, they would just say DJ Hunter. And I was oh. like, I was like, yeah. all right, this needs a change. Um, but so I've had this nickname sparkles since, uh, high school. Um, I was in a computer class and it was that time where we were like starting to put computers together, like from the ground up. And, um, one of my classmates found this, uh, graphics card in a box, like just back of the closet where we got all the stuff out of, and it had a rainbow on it. And at that time I was the only out gay person in the class. So they were like, Hey, rainbow, your name sparkles. 
and you and just then, took that and ran with it. There we go. Yeah, it's just been a nickname for a while. And then um, I used to play video games a lot. So um, Holy Sparkles just became a thing. Right. Um, I feel like my whole DJ career has just been like, oh, here we go. Like, here you mm-hmm. are. <laughs> yeah. Just going with the flow, I guess. It's crazy how something simple like that can really just impact your life, though, because, you know, now that's that's what you're known by. That's whatever when that's your, the name you perform under. And it's like those little things that happen in life that just lead to something bigger, you know? Yeah. Uh, years ago, I would never have thought I'd be on stage as Sparkles anything. <laughs> right. yeah exactly it's just like crazy how that kind of works with life right you're just like "Mm, how did i get here you know go with it go with the flow exactly (laughs) uh so where can people follow you on instagram if they want to like keep up with your journey or future events that you're a part of where can they follow you uh so uh you can follow me on instagram i usually post all my like promotions um and events on instagram under at holy sparkles um and that's h-o-l-y-s-p-a-r-k-l-e-z um either that or you can find me at holysparkles.com i came out with a website um and i will be (laughs) selling my fans on there here soon too have you seen them i have not no so i have these oh i have seen Uh them yes you had those at pride right yes sir there we go got a little astronaut those are cute a little thing thing i love that i did like go ahead i was gonna say especially at those like events because it gets hot out there you know with you know it's good to just like pop that open and just give yourself a little cool down you know (laughs) yeah and if you uh if you go to any clubs and they have black light these are uv so they will glow wow all right so we're doing some promoting for t- holy sparkles fans here i was like in true here. dj i was like in true dj fashion yes light up i have an led fan of course exactly, exactly. fits the brand fits the brand 100 how much does that run for um so i've been selling them for 30 because at festivals they always sell them for like 45 50 bucks and i was like that seems a bit steep so yeah it's a fan uh, 30 seems fair and then these these are from um fabulous me and okay. they're like super sturdy like i i've literally had this one since before pride and it's still with however much clacking like <laughs> it don't break it's yeah not break. is that a peacock so, on the back side yes it is it's double-sided okay there we go double-sided fan (laughs) and you know uv all the good stuff so they can buy it on your website uh yeah i should be uploading them here soon and um shipping just depends on wherever somebody lives Uh, they will be international though international International. too There we go. Let's manifest there that. Some international shows for Holy Sparkles, too. There we go. We're just doing all the manifesting here on the podcast. I mean, if you want me to. Um, so I was speaking to a promoter um, down in Mexico. And they're doing, um, you can catch them on Instagram, Rainbow Revolution. Um, they're throwing a New Year's Eve party. And they recently messaged me saying that they are drafting up contracts. 
if I'm interested, I would have a spot and they would pay for the hotel. Wow. And I was like, yes. So I may actually be becoming an international DJ. There we go. Here is we it like, go. yeah, is okay. it right over the, is it in TJ or is it it's more? In, it's in Puerto Vallarta. Okay. Where's that? You gotta take a plane to get there, it's, right? Yeah, it's further okay. down. Further down Mexico. I'm I've not but, been to Mexico yet, but you know. It's probably the gayest city Mexico has, though. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, okay, like I said, big things are coming for you. We're gonna definitely promote those fans on our Instagram for you as well. Love the content, love everything. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was awesome to hear your story. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you of course. for having me. I very much appreciate it. Yes, um, you're welcome. Anytime you guys need anything, you just let me know. All right. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. We really enjoyed talking with Holy Sparkles about his DJ career. And if you guys haven't already, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Dream Attraction Pod. Make sure to follow us on Apple and Spotify and give us those five stars. And we'll see you next Tuesday for an all new episode. Happy dreaming.